Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy, yes, that you're here today. I believe that God's Word is able to build you up and make you strong in Him. Praise God. I would like to read a verse to you from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It says, For bodily exercise profits a little. Well, let's not uh, turn that verse into something that it doesn't say. It doesn't say that exercise for the body has no value, uh, because there is some value. It just says that bodily exercise profits a little. You know, we're only here for a short time. We do need to exercise, uh, but even if you live to be 90 or 100 years in the eyes of God, that's a very brief period of time. But we want to take care of our bodies so they live as long as possible, take good care of ourselves. But still, still, we need to really put the focus, the emphasis on the spiritual. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings in just a moment, but in the natural view of exercise, I want us to realize that if you did want to attain to the physical level of being on the, let's say, the U.S. Olympic team, well, you're really going to have to train. Because even with good genetics, you know, natural talent, uh, you're, you're going up against other people that also have good genetics, natural talent. You know, if the sport is basketball, well, you're not going to be the only tall guy on the team. Uh, if your sport is weightlifting, you're not going to be the only naturally strong guy on the team. If you're in sprints for track and field, you're not going to be the only fast person. Uh, you're not going to be only the, you know, the only person with, uh, you know, fast twitch muscle fiber. Everybody's got that who's in sprints. So you're going to have to really, really exercise. You're going to have to have actually rigorous exercise where you put your muscles under strain, under tension, and you begin to develop them, and you begin to mold yourself into the, the high-caliber athlete that you could be. Praise God. Now, in the area of giving, uh, sometimes people don't realize that you have to exercise your faith in this area the same way that you take care of your body if you want your body to function well. So, you know, a tither or giver is not somebody that just tithes, you know, maybe like once every three months. Well, I think I'll try tithing. You know, nothing's happening, Pastor Stephen. Well, you know, you have to really exercise yourself in godliness in this area of giving. You really need to engage God in what I would call financial covenant exercise. Just as you can be in the gym often to exercise your body, I believe that, you know, you have the opportunity on a regular basis to honor the Lord with your tithe and with your giving. And so it's just like exercise. It's something that you merge into and you make it a lifestyle. Uh, it makes it makes you happy. It makes you better. But if you really, you know, with exercise, if you really want to develop and do well, you cannot get there without exercise. But it's the same way in God's kingdom. If you want to uh, connect with God in a financial covenant, that is unshakable, and you want to do that, you're going to have to exercise yourself in financial covenant exercises. Praise God. Now, if you really begin to work this, where you're tithing, and then uh, when the Holy Spirit, you know, touches your heart to sow into the special needs of the ministry, the various projects and things that we have, you know, when you, when you start doing that, and you do it consistently, just like you would do exercise, because if you, if you don't exercise regularly, it's not going to work. You know what, you can't just do like one day in the gym 
once every two weeks that that doesn't work or once every three months no you have to exercise regularly praise God and you build up muscles in that area it's the same way with giving now if you keep doing that keep tithing keep tithing anytime money uh, comes into your hands anytime wealth comes into your hands you're tither and then you also sow special seed you keep doing that you keep doing that regularly just like you're going to the gym then you will move into a place well where you can engage God on a financial covenant platform and it is so stable it is so stable that this covenant will work for you uh, it, it's not something that's regulated by luck or chance where it might work for some but it might not work for others it, it will work for you regardless of your IQ it will work for you regardless of where you live it doesn't uh, it's not affected by the country that you live in it'll work for you anywhere it doesn't matter if you're in North America South America North Pole South Pole it will work for you uh, it's also this financial covenant is not affected by government economic policy that that's not going to stop it from working in your life praise God the only thing that can stop it would be your uh, disobedience and unwillingness to actually engage God in it but I tell you what if you if you just keep exercising exercising tithing giving tithing giving you can lock in with God on a financial covenant and it is very very solid I would like to read this to you from Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 19 and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying thus says the Lord if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night so that there will not be day and night in their season then my covenant may also be broken with David my servant so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne and with the Levites the priest and the ministers well the Lord is basically explaining uh, in the last few verses of Jeremiah the 33rd chapter that if you engage with him in a covenant and you and he make a covenant and you may wonder, well, Pastor Stephen, how, how solid is this covenant? Because the world's a very unstable place. So how stable is God's covenant? It's so stable that it will work regardless of what is going on in the earth. It doesn't matter even if there's economic famine, like 2008 when we had the economic shaking. And I, I need to let you know those things are normal. Those things are normal. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if you study in Genesis, all three of those men each experienced in their lifetime a famine, a drought, very severe uh, economic situation. But yet, because they had covenant with God, while others were going under, while others were dying, and while others were perishing, they were actually increasing they were going up not only were they going up they were going up in the middle of famine that's how strong the covenant is the covenant is so strong that it will not fail it will not fail now if day and night cease you may have to wonder about the covenant but you know as far as I know when I get up in the morning the sun's still coming up and when I go to sleep at night here comes the moon glory to God that's how sure it is that's how sure it is praise God if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night so that there will not be day and night in their season well the Lord says well if you can do that somehow then this thing's off but it can't be done it can't be done so this is why you need to have a financial covenant with God and you engage God in a covenant on his terms not on yours well, I don't think I should have to just give that consistently. Well, that's, that's your terms. God will not engage you on your terms. He only engages on His terms. And when you engage God in the covenant and you meet His terms, His conditions of the covenant, now you've obligated God to perform His Word. You have obligated Him by His integrity to watch over His Word and perform it in your life and that's covenant so this is the thing that believers need to be locked into you need to be a real giver not just somebody that never shows up or shows up 
you know, at the gym maybe once every three weeks, and you, you never know if they're going to show up or not. That's somebody that's not really exor- uh, interested in exercising and building themselves up. But when you exercise godliness, tithing, sowing seed, giving offerings, I tell you what, my friends, it's powerful what God can do. This covenant is something that's unshakable. Praise the Lord. And with all the shaking that there is in the earth today, in the financial realm, in the financial markets, and also with all the cheating, all the um, insider trading, and all of this stuff that those who play the system legally and right, you're up against people that are out there cheating and lying and, uh, you know, giving bribes, receiving bribes. But as a covenant practitioner, you don't have to do all that stuff. You can serve God, live for the Lord. And what I'm trying to tell you also is that this thing is, it's a mystery. It really is supernatural. It will lift you. It will take it up. There's a great element of mystery to it. It's the mystery of the covenant. But if you work it, it will work in your life. And it is very, very stable. And you'll just keep climbing. You just keep climbing, going higher and higher and higher. So I want to encourage you, those that are faithful, continue to stay faithful. And you're only going higher and higher in the Lord. Those of you that maybe have been sitting on the fence. Sometimes you give, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you think God wants you to be blessed. Other times you think God wants you to be poor. You're still trying to figure the whole thing out. Well, my friends, engage God with the covenant. Be consistent. Sow, and you'll reap. Tithe. Honor the Lord. Put the Lord first in your finances. I, have, I actually have people tell me, I can't, Pastor Stephen, I don't have enough money. And I tell them, that's why you don't have enough money. That's why you're constantly struggling. So until you work the kingdom principles, you're going to be subjected to the yo-yo up and down of the world system. You might get fired. You might get laid off. You, you know, you might have this. You might have that. Uh, it's whatever this thing throws at you. But with God, you just keep going up. Even in famine, it's a supernatural mystery working in your life. And it really does make you a... Uh, uh, somewhat of a puzzle, uh, particularly to the unbelievers. They, they just wonder, how, how are you doing it? Um, they, just, they just wonder about it. And it's good for them to wonder, praise God. Because anybody that will meet the Lord on His terms and join with the Lord in that covenant, He'll bless them. Praise God. Glory to God. You need to be walking with the Lord or else you'll be subjected to all of the things that are out there. And that's the thing with people in the world that don't have a covenant with God. They're not saved. They have no financial covenant. They may have a lot of money, but, uh, you know, things can, things can change really, really quick. Markets can turn. Um, you could have favor one day, and uh, the next day, you know, it would be out of favor, and your stock drops 30 or 40% or stuff like that. So, my friends, engage on the Lord's terms, and you'll always be in a place of refreshing. And while the heat in the world system gets hotter and hotter where even those who will run to others for solutions they'll run to others and find out that the others are also in trouble and they're they're trying to run for help but the lord can be your source you can tie in to god who can be your source who has unlimited provision and he knows how to get it to you but you're going to have to do it his way you're going to have to engage him on his terms, you need to anchor into his covenant through being a consistent practitioner of tithing and also of giving and sowing seed. Praise God. Father, I pray for your people that they engage you through the exercise of godliness, the exercise of covenant giving, of obedience with the tithe and offerings. And I thank you that they're going higher and higher and higher in you. I thank you, Father God, you're bringing your people out of debt, and you're setting your people up on the hill to display your glory through your people. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the overflow. We thank you for the covenant in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, you can be a Christian, and you can love the Lord, and really have a heart after God, and you can even pray a whole lot, and be in a sense like a spiritual person, 
but still be financially impoverished or always living in lack because you don't know either about the covenant or you don't know how to engage it or you don't have the knowledge revealed to you of what this is all about. And I've seen good Christians, good people, just always struggling, uh, never really breaking into a place of overflow. And it's because they're not, they're not in the financial covenant with God. Now, are they saved? Yes, they have confessed their faith in the Lord. They've received Christ into their heart, but um, they, don't, they don't tithe. They don't give. If they do, they don't do it consistently. They see no point in it. And, um, and so they are subjected to all of the world's challenges and difficulties. But thank goodness, God has made a way for us to have victory in every area of our life, uh, especially in our finances, which are very, very important. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Poverty does not glorify the Lord. Poverty does not speak well of Christ. We thank God for provision so that we can be a blessing. This thing is like cyclical. You give and you receive. You're blessed to be a blessing. And it just keeps cycling. And you just keep increasing more and more. And now you can give more and more. And now because you've done that, now harvest comes back on that seed. And it just keeps going. It keeps cycling larger and larger. Praise God. Step into it today. Those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, our zip code 28654. Those of you that would like to bring your tithes and offerings in online, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can go there anytime, day or night, and bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. Heavenly Father, bless your people. We thank you for your mighty increase in our lives. In Jesus' name, we all agree together and say, Amen. Praise God. Well, today, I want to talk a little bit about prophecy. Uh, maybe you have see, received a prophetic word. Maybe, uh, and this is not unusual at all, maybe you have received a prophecy and it's the same prophetic word and you've gotten it over a, a time of years and you've gotten it even from different prophetic people. Well, you know it's the Lord when you're getting, when you're getting something like that. So uh, you may also have a prophecy that is just something that God revealed to you more one-on-one. -on -one. It's something intimate in your heart that God has just, um, He kind of like lit that spark and that thing's in there. You're believing God for that. And so we want to talk today about believing the Lord for the fulfillment of these prophecies, that these things will come to pass. I want you to understand that what you believe is actually what God performs. What you believe is what God performs, so it's very important that your faith be dialed in. I know that with prophecy, there are some prophecies that are sovereign, and what I mean by that is that a sovereign prophecy is something that God's going to do. God spoke it, and it has been uttered forth under the anointing of the Spirit, and it's coming to pass whether or not anybody believes it. Now, of course, when God speaks, there will always be those who do believe. But regardless of whether there be those who do not receive it, do not believe it, it doesn't matter. It's still going to come to pass. That's sovereign prophecy, such as the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are scoffers. The Bible says there would be scoffers, skeptics, uh, you know, doubting all of this. Well, He's coming back whether they believe it or not, and their unbelief will not hinder the Lord's return. We also see various passages of Scripture referring to the future time when Jesus will come and set up a 1,000-year reign on the earth, and He will govern from Jerusalem. Well, I don't believe, I, I don't know about that, Pastor Stephen. I don't know if I believe that. Well, it doesn't matter if a person believes or not. He's going to do it. <laughs> and it, that is a sovereign prophecy that is going to be fulfilled. And nothing can stand in the way of that uh, and block that from coming to pass. Uh, but today, 
we are not really talking about sovereign prophecies. We're not really studying eschatology or end time events. We're talking more about those things that God has spoken to you in your life, those what we would call precious promises. Uh, these things that God has spoken to you, they are a plan. Uh, that they are in the plan that He has for your life. They are in uh, the will of God for your life. Maybe it's even been prophesied over you that what you, that would happen. And of course, you, you love it. You're excited about it. You're happy about it. What we want to do is we want to see these things come to pass. We need to understand how this works. I would like for you to turn uh, to Second Kings, chapter seven. Second Kings, chapter seven. Uh, let's drop. Uh, down the verse. We'll actually start in verse 1. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we open up in prayer, that our hearts would open up to Your Word, and the strength of Your Word would just flood our hearts with faith, that we can believe, that we can truly believe in our hearts, that the things that You have spoken to us, the prophecies spoken over our lives, will be fulfilled. We thank You, Father God, for the infusion of faith that comes from Your Word. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Kings 7, verse 1, Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, a fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two sayas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Well, that's pretty amazing. How about that? 24-hour prophecy. You're going to be totally delivered in 24 hours. Your famine will be over. And instead of eating your shoelaces tomorrow, you can have T-bone steak. Instead of, uh, you know, eating some kind of a scrap tomorrow, you can have a tuna fish sandwich with extra mayonnaise if that makes you happy. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. Isn't that amazing? You just, you just need to believe for 24 hours, and right around this time frame, sometime tomorrow, right around this time, it'll all be over with, and you'll be in the bread and butter. Woo! I'm excited! Isn't that amazing? 24-hour prophecy. I mean, who couldn't hold out for 24 hours? Wow! Just think, in 24 hours, Pringles and Twinkies and chocolate milk. Wow! Oh! Oh! 24 hours, but, but there's a doubter, and if there's a doubter, that means, there means the doubter will be the one who is the do-withouter. Too bad that somebody can't even hold out for 24 hours. Verse 2, so an officer on whose hand the king leaned, wow, hey, if you're a king, please do yourself a favor and surround yourself with people of faith. Yes, yes, you want people that are intellectually gifted. You want problem solvers. You want people that can, you know, help you with all the technicalities of running the government. But please, surround yourself with people of faith. Not just people that, you know, don't really reverence the things of God. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. That's what the prophet Elisha said in response to this, really, this sarcasm. I mean, look, look, the king's, you know, governor, he didn't have to verbalize that. If he doubted it, he could have kept it to himself. But really? You have to actually say that to God's anointed prophet and just think that you're going to insult the spirit of grace like that? No, dangerous, dangerous stuff. Verse 19, then that officer had answered the man, then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. He actually saw the miracle unfold, but he never got the taste of it or experienced the deliverance from it. He got trampled and he died. He died. What you believe is what God performs. Um, meditate on this today. 
don't let your intellectualism or your master's degree on your wall or your PhD on your wall, don't let your brain destroy your miracle. Thus says the Lord, how, how can God do that? I'm too smart enough to believe something crazy like that. Well, then, then you can just go on in your, on your own and not enjoy God's miracle blessing that He has for your life, that great prophecy fulfilled in your life. Because you're going to need God's help. You're going to need that divine touch to see that thing done. Well, no, Pastor Stephen, I've got, I've got, I've got connections. I've got, I've got side door ways of getting in. Oh, oh, like those who were busted for getting their children in the college through the side door by giving bribes and doing things that I'm sure they regret now. No, you don't need to uh, finagle the system. You don't need backroom dealings. No, you need to work with the Lord and you need to believe. You need to believe and let God come in and help you. And don't look at these things as like, you know, that I, I don't know. Well, then you need to get your faith house in order. Glory to God. And this guy, oh, he couldn't even believe for, he couldn't even believe God for 24 hours. Look, if you can't believe God for 24 hours, how could you believe God for a project that may take a year to accomplish? To, in order to see a prophecy that may take two years to come to pass, if you can't do that, if, if you can't hold out for 24 hours, how can you hold out for, for two years? Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I believe that your situation is going to be victorious. And I believe that your faith is charged, hallelujah, and that before this year is out, you're going to see some amazing prophecies, some dreams accomplished in your life before this year is out. And I'm not talking December the 30th. I believe you're going to make it with some room to spare. You're going to see some things that would just seem out there. You're going to see them, you're going to see them completed and checked off of your destiny list this year. Now say I believe. Don't get all intellectual on me. Well, I, I, I don't know how God, I don't even know how God could do that, Pastor Stephen. Don't get all intellectual on me. Just say, Pastor Stephen, I believe it. I believe it, praise God. Because God did a whopper miracle right here in 24 hours. Woo! And there was dancing in the street when it broke through. Praise God. You need to hang on until your time comes. Hang on. Praise God. Everybody has their time, but you have to hang in there in faith. Genesis 21 verse 1, And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. Okay, so that's a prophecy. It's a promise. As He had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as He had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. The set time. You need to hang on in faith until your prophecy comes to pass. It could be 24 hours, or it could be longer. But hang on in faith until it comes to pass. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And when it's time, when it's time, you move, because it says the set time had come. You know, when Naaman the Syrian military leader went to go visit Elisha the prophet, and he received instruction from the servant, go dip in the river seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you whole. Well, you know what? He got over some initial doubt. He got over initial hesitancy. He got past his pride, and he went and did it. But you know what? That's a open door moment. And if he would have thought, you know what? I, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to leave and think this over. Well, if he'd have came back next week and went to the Jordan, it wouldn't have worked. This this is the set time. This is the set time. So you keep your faith charged so that the set time moment comes for you. And you go for it when the door is open. Same thing with Peter. Jesus said, go down to the sea, 
and pull up the first fish that you catch, there's going to be a coin in the fish's mouth, and take it and pay my tax. And he, he you know, it, that's the order. Take care of the Lord's first, take care of kingdom business first, and then pay your tax. Praise God. And Peter did that. But he had to go right then. And he went right then, caught the fish, and look at that, there's a coin in his mouth. Basically, he didn't need, need to catch, uh, even, he didn't even need to keep the fish. This is, I think, the first ever uh, record that we have in the history of the world of what you could call the catch and release program. You ever watch those uh, fishing shows on television? These guys or gals, they catch these fish, reel them in. They say, oh, that's a wonderful fish. Take the hook out, throw it right back in the water. You think, whoo, wow, that, I think I would have I taken that home and eaten that. Glory to God. Catch and release. Well, Peter, he originated that. He caught it, took the money out, and then throw it right back in the water. He's got what he needed. He's got the coin. Take it. and Pay the temple tax for two people. But he had to do it right then. That's the moment, the set time. With prophecies, you've got to keep your faith up on a daily basis because you're going towards that set time moment. That's what your faith is doing. It's taking you towards that set time moment. I remember years back that it was about six o'clock in the morning. I got up and I prayed because I was going to go into work. And before going into work, and uh, I was working a, a 10 hour shift, I was on salary, uh, working 10 hours a day. And I got up to spend some time in prayer before I go into this long work day, and I was in prayer. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very, very clearly. I wouldn't say it was audible, but it seemed like it was. Um, uh, it seemed like my natural ears picked it up, but it was just more like it just resonated. It's like, like there was like, like a built-in speaker on the inside of me, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, go into work today and turn in your two-week notice that you're going to be leaving because you're now going into the ministry full-time. Wow! I thought, whoo! Uh, you know, that, that's pretty electrifying when um, you're going to go into the ministry full-time, and I knew it was an itinerant traveling-type ministry, and I only had three meetings on the schedule for the whole year. And, I, you know, the year still had a lot of months left in it, but uh, that's, that's all I had cooking at that time. And the Holy Spirit says, go in and give your two-week notice. Well, I, I had heard from the Lord. What's going on, Pastor Stephen? Set time. Prophecy, prophecy, fulfillment, set time. And I went in, turned in my, uh, that's the first thing I did. When I saw the manager, I said, hey, I need to, I need to turn in my two-week notice. I need to fill out a piece of paper. And he he suddenly had the most puzzled look on his face. He said, he said, Stephen, are you sure you want to do this? He said, me and the other managerial team, we had just come out of a meeting, and we had been talking about you, and we have decided to promote you into management. And he said, you know, he said, we would really like to have you in this as a career. No, we're, we're not just looking at you as like going into the next management position. He said, we want you in corporate leadership. We want you to be, you know, we just want you to make this your career path. He said, are you sure you want to do this? I said, yes. I said, I have to do this. This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And, of course, um, you know, he's not like, it's not like the devil's working through this guy. He's trying to tip me to get off track. It's actually, it's actually, uh, he was being very kind to me, and I really thanked him. I said, I, I really thank you for that, and I, I appreciate that, but I've got to do this. I know I'm supposed to do this other thing. And th that's what's really neat. When you are in a place where you are, you are functioning right, you're going to get promoted one way or another. Isn't that amazing? Because if I hadn't got promoted into this area, there was another promotion coming that other area. You really want to give your best. If you just give your best... And you, you, you know, no matter where you're at, you're going to go higher. Well, it just so happened that that was that set time for me for ministry promotion. And I stepped into it. Praise God. So, I believe that this year, you're going to see set times that have been predetermined, I believe, before you were even born. You're going to see set times manifest in your life 
you will see the fulfillment of key prophecies in your life this year. Praise God. It's set time. Keep your faith running on all cylinders. Keep your faith running high. Praise God. This is that time. Now, let's go over to the Gospel of Luke. This is very, very, very powerful, I think, in the Gospel of Luke about the, just this power of faith. We're in Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 31. And behold, this is uh, the angel speaking to Mary. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? She's not asking in doubt. She's just saying, she's saying, I can believe it, but just give me something to, uh, to explain kind of the mechanics of this. This is really, uh, this, is pretty, this is pretty cool. <laughs> can you give me some insight of the, uh, of the unfolding of this? So Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So she's like, okay, that, that's good. It's basically by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can understand that. The Jews understood the Shekinah glory. So she's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Verse 37, For with God, nothing, nothing. Did you hear that concerning your prophecies? concerning God's unique plan for your life and the wonderful things that He wants to do in your life, nothing will be impossible. You need to let God come in. Let God do these great miracles. Praise God. And believe God. Believe God. Now verse 45, Blessed is she who believe, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Praise God. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment, a fulfillment. Performance of that prophetic word is granted to the believer. Let me read it again. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So fulfillment, performance of that thing spoken comes into the life of the person who believes. Blessed is she who believed. Glory to God. Your fulfillment comes forth as you continue to believe the Lord. Well, the more we look at this, the more we really are faced with the reality of faith actually is hard work. It's true, isn't it? Faith is hard work. Faith, and we're not talking about this intellectual stuff. Well, I, Pastor Stephen, God can do anything. Well, yeah, He can, but usually people that say that, they, they don't believe He's going to. They, they'll admit that He can, but they're actually not expecting Him in their life to do anything. Yeah, Pastor Stephen, I, God can do it. Yeah, but they have no expectation. They're not building up their faith to actually put an engagement of that faith power into that power of God to, you know, see these things happen. So it's just all intellectual. It's just like, you know, kind of like, well, that's the way we talk. We're spirit-filled. We're Christians. That's the way we talk, you know. We, we just kind of talk like, yep, God can do it. But yet you look at their life and there's no fulfillment. There's no performance of, of you know, of something supernatural of anything that would be a lifting up. Praise the Lord. But there is a spiritual force of faith that places demand upon the spoken Word of God. And that's what we're tying into. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to drop down to verse 21. Well, let me go by, actually, that's not a 21, that's uh, verses 2 and 11. It looked like a 21. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. 
For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now, look at this in verse 11. Let us therefore labor to enter that rest, lest anyone fail according to the same example of disobedience. What was their example of disobedience? Just unbelief, just didn't believe it. Didn't believe what God said. Even if it came through an, a servant so anointed as Moses. Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I believe that guy. Really? I mean, come on, this is Moses. He talks to God face to face. That's not good enough for you. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, Pastor Stephen. Well, see, they failed. They failed. But my friend, you're not going to fail if you labor. If you labor in the Word. Faith is a product of your labor in the Word. Woo! Labor in the Word so that you can encounter the spirit of faith that empowers you to see prophecy fulfilled in your life. I enjoy maybe what you would call casual reading of the Bible because I just, I love it. I mean, I don't know why, but especially... 2 Kings, 1 Kings, the 1st, 2nd Samuel, all of the life of the kings, the life of David, all, wow, I get, it's fascinating. It's, I just like, I like reading about it. Um, but while we're reading and having a good time, you, we're also reading so that we can find material that's not just historical in nature, so that we can find material that's not just like giving us, you know, basic general knowledge of the Bible and of the history uh, of the Jewish people and the, the history of the church, but really what we're looking is for an encounter with the spirit of faith to touch our heart and to infuse us with faith. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for that scripture to leap off the page. That's why it says in verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful. And so that's that living word, the word of God, the rhema of God is living and powerful. That brings to you that infusion of faith where, and I, I can't explain how it works, but it just works. And the more you keep feeding yourself with that, you're just like, you know what? I don't think God's going to do this. I know God's going to do this. And that's not just some kind of arrogant statement where, you know, it's just some kind of intellectual positive thing. Well, it's nice to have a positive statement, but this thing's not coming out of your head. This thing's now coming out of your heart. This thing's coming out of your heart. And that is a product of you laboring in the Word. It is a product of you laboring in the Word. Faith is not something to wait for. Faith is something to work on. You have to work on your faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's look at another example. This would be 2 Timothy chapter 2, and let's go to verse 15. Study to present yourself approved to God. Oh, I already know what you're thinking. Pastor Stephen, this is the beloved Apostle Paul writing to his spiritual son Timothy, basically exhorting him, instructing him to be well prepared for ministry. This verse really only applies to those that are in ministry. No, that is not true. It has a broader meaning than that. Yes, any minister should study to rightly divide the Word, to be able to teach it and explain it properly. But this, this is for you. Say it's for me. Yes, praise God. Now I want us to understand why. Be diligent. Study to present yourself approved to God, a, work, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Okay, so when you study, that word also in the Greek, it means to exert. There's an exertion where you're really applying yourself here. When you study the Word, you're looking for a Word that will ignite your faith. And there's work involved in that. You are looking for things in the Scripture that engage your faith 
to ignite your faith concerning the fulfillment of prophecy in your life. Glory to God. This is so important, this study of the Word, digging deep into the Word. This is so important, the laboring in the Word, that if I were you, I, I would encourage you that if you're going to ask God for a big thing, or you have a prophecy that's a, that's a beautiful prophecy, but it's, it's something big, that if you're going to talk to the Lord about that and ask the Lord to really bring that forth in your life, I wouldn't dare discuss it with the Lord without bringing a scripture to Him to give Him valid reason of why this should be performed in your life. Remember, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, the Lord says, I watch over my word to perform it. I watch over my word to fulfill it. And so you want scripture, you want a word from the Lord attached to your prophecy, attached to your promise. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I'm into my thing. Well, God's into his thing. God's into his word. He's into his word so much that when he was born, John said, behold, the word actually identified the Lamb of God, the Son of God as the Word. God actually calls Himself the Word. <laughs> that's, that's heavy emphasis on you really believe what comes out of your mouth. Well, God watches over His Word to perform it. So these things in your life that God wants, He wants to see them come to pass, find Scripture that gives valid weight, valid reason of why God should do it. Say, now Lord, this is a prophecy that prophets have spoke into my life. Lord, this is something that I believe you've whispered into my heart. Lord, this is something through times of prayer and fasting that I really sense this is part of your plan for my life. Now, Lord, I want to talk to you about it because I believe it should be fulfilled in my life. And Lord, I even found the scripture in your word that I believe gives weight and valid evidence of why you should manifest this in my life, and I'm asking you to do it, and Lord, look what you said. Lord, look what you said. Now, Lord, if I'm wrong, you're also going to have to address this issue of what you said. Woo! You don't need a thousand scriptures. You sometimes just one. Remember, David took Goliath out with one. He had five stones, but that's because Goliath had brothers. And he was ready for anything that could, you know, you never know what's going to happen. That's, that's why I like Krav Maga, the Israeli martial art. It's designed not only for self-defense, but it's designed in a way that it works with the Jewish mindset, which means if you are attacked, you're, you're usually outnumbered. And it, it, you, you can't just like work with this guy who's trying to kill you. You can't, can't like try to fight him just like one-on-one. -on -one. Why? Because he could have a friend who's sneaking up behind you at the same time. He's trying to focus your attention out here. And that's the way it was with David. David's like, all right, I know Goliath's up here, uh, and I, I've got a stone just for him. I've got some backups also. Why? But that's the way the enemy has always fought God's covenant people, and that's the way the enemy also likes to try to work against the church. But my friends, with God, God's for you. God's not against you. God's on your side. You're a child of God. But but God puts such value on His Word that just give Him one scripture. But look, look for the scripture. Don't just throw something out that doesn't even really mean anything to you. Now, Jesus, this is what you said. And, uh, you know, so now, now do what I want you to do. No, search and find the scripture that's so alive, that's so packed with vibrant faith that it jolts your spirit when it, when it, when you see it and say, God, this is it. Now, Lord, this is what you said. And this is what the prophecy was. No, Lord, we need to talk about this. I'm believing you to do it. This is what you said. And you just, you go before the Lord and you just begin to bring this thing before the Lord. But I tell you, there, there is labor. There is labor in real faith, and people fake it with this intellectual stuff, and when they speak, it almost sounds hollow. 
it, it doesn't even sound, I, I, when, I, when I'm in the Spirit, I can hear it. I can hear genuine faith because it's bold and strong, and it's coming out of their spirit through their mouth. But there's, a, there's this other thing, it's a counterfeit, and Christians can do it. But you will be so let down and so disappointed because that, that so-called intellectual faith, it won't, it won't produce. It won't work. You can talk like that without any kind of labor in the Word, and it, but it will not produce for you. And when your life and your prophecies and your important destiny are on the line, you need to go in there and labor in the Word. Praise God. Study to the point where you have an encounter with your faith. Study to the point where you find a scripture, a statement from God, that sort of the Spirit that gives you a living encounter with faith. I've talked about this before, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. It says, prophetically speaking about the devotional life of Jesus, it says, He awakens me morning by morning. I would present to you that you actually need a daily buildup. You need a daily buildup of your faith. A morning by morning buildup of your faith. Your faith, if it's not current, then it's not effective. Your faith must be current. Remember, Peter, Peter walked on the water. He stepped out of the boat, and he's walking on the water. But the moment his faith expired, he sank. He went under. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is. The faith of God is faith that's right now. Uh, Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm kind of out of it today. I, I had faith two days ago. Well, you can't live on yesterday's faith. And we're not yet in tomorrow yet. So what you have to do is you have to have faith for today faith is now. Your faith needs to be a now force or you're going to drown. Your faith needs to be a now force or else you can get in the fear. You must stay in faith. Why? Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. No, Pastor Stephen, it's prayer. No, that's not what the Scripture says. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. You can pray, but I've seen people go in prayer and come out of prayer after having had dynamic prayer times, walk right out of prayer, and then doubt that God will do the very thing they prayed about. Is prayer important? Yes. It's major important. It's very, very important. But if you're not even going to believe God concerning what you asked Him for, why were you exerting all that energy in prayer? Get locked into faith and then pray out of a spirit of faith and see real results. Don't pray these empty faith prayers. If you go in the prayer without faith, you could even get into a place where you're praying and you think you're praying in faith, but really all that's coming out is begging and pleading. That means that your faith is not now faith. Get into a place where your faith is right now, where your faith is built up and you're strong, and then go pray. Pray off that, that place of faith, from that place of faith, and then your prayers will not just be these prayers, so-called prayers of begging and pleading, and God, please do it, and weeping and crying, bawling and squalling, and all of that stuff. Settle down with your faith and get it strong. Settle down with God and with your faith and get it strong. Look, you can go to my live stream channel. I think right now there's like 470 messages. 470 messages. I know for a fact that over 100 of them are specifically on the subject of faith. So what I do is when I settle down with the Lord, not so much prayer, although I always pray, but what I also do is I build up my faith. What I do is I grab books that speak and teach along the subject line of the area that I'm endeavoring to build my faith up in. Look, if you're sick in your body, you need to get material that will build you up concerning the teaching of the Word of God along the line of divine healing. I mean, go out there and get the books by T.L. Osborne. Go out there and get the books um, 
but, but there's some, when I say that, there's specialty books that are extremely good on healing. Get the one by Norval Hayes, How to Live and Not Die. If you're facing a terminal, uh, you know, situation with your health. But begin to settle down and just now start feeding. Settle down and start feeding. So whatever that sub subject material is, get material on that. And that's what I do. I've got books particular books in my library that I that are so good on certain areas that if I'm needing a boost in that area I go right where it at I go I even know where they're at second shelf third shelf how far down to the right how far over to the left or in the middle I know exactly where to get them glory to God sometimes I I, I feel I, I want faith for that deep walk with God oh I know who I need to read I need to read the mystic saints I need to read some of the Catholic saints that had that tremendous walk with God uh, yes I can read about Enoch in the Bible but I also want to uh, read also about real life stories of people who actually walked in it and lived it so whatever subject material is there's specialists in the body of Christ grab that begin to feed on that yes Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. We all help each other. We all strengthen each other. Praise God forever. Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. Until your faith comes alive, you cannot take the fulfilled delivery of your prophecy. I want to say it again. Until your faith comes alive, you cannot take the fulfilled delivery of your prophecy. So get your faith up. Get into the Word. Study. Build it up. Strong. Strong. That's what I like doing sometimes. I, I, uh, I just take my Bible, take select books, take select teaching material, and just sit down with a coffee, maybe a pen, a notepad, and I sometimes I even put my prophecies in front of me, and I just go to work. I go to work, and when I leave that table, Maybe an hour, maybe two hours, sometimes maybe four hours later, my faith is so charged that I know that it's true, that with God, nothing is impossible. And that's not just some now some kind of a blanket statement. Now I'm like, yep, it's true that this is going to happen. This thing's coming to pass in my life. And that's, that's what you must do if you are serious about your prophecies being fulfilled. And I know they mean a lot to you. I know that your dreams are important to you, but it's going to take more than just hope and then a wishing. It's going to take more than just like, well, one day my ship will come in. Well, why would your ship ever come in if you never sent a ship out? You're going to have to work this stuff. You're going to have to labor in the Word, not just some kind of like, you know, like, almost like an air castle, like, you know, like wishful thinking mentality. And those are the people that the years go by, the years go by, the years go by, and nothing ever changes. They just hope it'll happen. But they don't labor. They don't study. They don't dig into it and look for those scriptures that are the specific meat scriptures that just go boom in your spirit. That help you to realize that with God, nothing is impossible. So, so it is very possible for your prophecy to be fulfilled every single one of them. But you're going to have to really walk with the Lord until your faith comes alive. You cannot take the fulfilled delivery of your prophecy. My friends, jump into the Scriptures. Wash your mind with the Word of God. Let your faith be supercharged. God's going to, God's going to accomplish everything He said He would do for you. But He needs you to engage Him in faith. In faith. As it says in Hebrews chapter uh, 11, Verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please Him. Okay, so engaging with your faith. I'm talking real faith. That's what we're talking about today. Real faith. Praise God. Father, I pray for Your people right now as they're watching, as they're listening. I know faith is already coming alive, and they're being stirred, and they're realizing, God, You can do this thing in my life. Lord, help them to dig for gold, to dig and find precious promises from your word scriptures that give that give undergirding underpinning to what it is they're believing you to do in their life father god give them one two three scriptures 
because this, your word says a three a threefold cord is not easily broken. So and that that was referring to personal relationships, that relationships where there's involvement of three people, that's a very strong thing. But Father God, give your people something that's so strong. Hallelujah. Give them, give them some scriptures. Lord, give them an Old Testament scripture. Give them a New Testament scripture. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God's going to do it. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm, I, I believe God gave me a prophecy about an invention. I mean, how, I know what you're thinking. How can I find uh, a scripture in the Bible that would back up my belief that God will help me with an invention? Where's that in the Bible? Oh, you'd be surprised what's in the Bible. There's even a scripture that says God gives witty inventions. You'd be surprised what's in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever you need, you can find it in there. A scripture for a promise. A scripture to back up that dream that God gave you. It's in the Word somewhere. It might be expressed a little bit differently. It might be expressed a little bit differently. Pastor Stephen, I'm believing God for, for a vocation, a career in aerospace or aviation or aeronautics. But Pastor Stephen, you and I both know there's nothing in the Bible that speaks about that. Oh yes, there is. Yes, there is. You know, I had the Lord one time tell me that the Americans would be the first ones to reach Mars and set foot on Mars. I said, Lord, I said, can you give me a scripture for that? He said, yeah. He just said, just open your Bible. I opened my Bible, just set it down, and a verse leaped off the page. And it said, who are these who fly to their roost? <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, a base on Mars, that's a, that's a roost uh, pretty far away. But if that's, the, that's where the birds want to fly to, so be it. I tell you what, there's, there's scriptures here that the Holy Spirit can illuminate and make leap off the pages. And when you get that, you know He's going to do it for you. So, look, don't be lazy. Labor in the Word. There's no, when you do it God's way, there's no coming in over here in the side room. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay somebody to do the work for me. I'm going to pay for somebody to, you know, pull up a scripture for me. No, God doesn't work like that. If you want it, you're going to you're gonna have to pay the price of admission. You're going to have to earn it. And that's something that seems to be getting lost in our culture, where we just think that we can get in some other way. No, because if you do that, you'll never be developed. You'll never, you'll never know what God, that area of God of what He's even like. You can't cheat God. You maybe can cheat a system that's a worldly system, but you cannot cheat God. You're going to have to get in the Word and labor in the Word. But because your prophecies, your dreams, your goals are so beautiful, and they will bless so many people, and it will be a blessing to your life, you must, you must labor in the Word to find that backup that, that you can engage God with when you talk to Him about your prophecies. Praise the Lord. It's like gold. There is a certain amount on the surface, maybe a nugget or stuff like that. But the good stuff, the mother load, you're going to have to dig for if you really want it. Do it. Watch what God will speak to you. And when He does, boom, your faith breaks through. And the, you, you, have, you have your prophecies just popping. Fulfillment of them. Glory to God. Father, bless your people. In Jesus' name, with the grace to labor in your word, we thank you to find the gold, the living word, the sword of the Spirit, that will back up that prophetic utterance. We thank you. This is how prophecy is fulfilled, and you watch over it to perform it. We thank you for current faith, right now faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's take communion. Let's take communion today. Please grab some some unleavened bread, and some grape juice. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we bless and consecrate. We set apart as holy the bread and the juice. This is now, through divine mystery, the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for these precious promises. Mm. So much that you have put on the table of provision for us that really there, there can be everything that we dream for. We can step into it. So we thank you, Father. You've made it available through the great work of Christ at Calvary. And we receive from the table of provision today. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive the body of Jesus with great joy. We proclaim his death until he comes. We thank you, Father God, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and that we're living large in your kingdom, and we are seeing prophecies fulfilled this year. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's receive the body of Jesus. Big things, major things, mammoth things being fulfilled in your life this year. Praise God. It's set time for prophecies to pop. Glory to God. It is time for you to bloom, prosper, and flourish. Father, thank you for the holy, clean, spotless, sinless blood of Jesus. We receive the blood of Jesus now with great adoration. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. You know what to do. It's time to labor in the word. I believe God's going to give you one, two, three scriptures that will ignite your faith. Praise the Lord. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it all in session. When you have those sacred moments, boom, he gives you one. And then boom, he gives you another. I will say that one is enough to get the job done. But sometimes God will just like, boom. He'll, he'll give you another one, maybe even three. I think you have three. It would be really, really special. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I just know one. One's like, a, it's like an atom bomb. Praise God. Just igniting faith in such an amazing way. Go do your digging. God's going to speak to you. Now, be patient. When you seek God for these things, that word may not come that day, but you're just, just keep pulling. Your faith will get built up, but you're also looking for the, that gold mine that basically God gives you that word says he's going to do it for you. You're also looking for that. That's really what you're digging for. Praise God. Your faith is going to rise and you're going to get those powerful, mighty word explosions in your spirit. Look for them. He will talk to you and give it to you. Have your Bible close by as you study and as you pray and spend time with the Lord. 